Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. Thursday morning, about 10.30 a.m. Central Time. Um, Talked to Kirk Cousins yesterday, Tom, and he it was the first time he had talked since the conclusion of the 2022 NFL season. Um, obviously, we all remember that ended with kind of a face plant against the New York <laughs> Giants in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, But a lot has happened since then. Um, most notably, Kirk Cousins restructuring his contract with the Vikings in a way that allowed the Vikings to lower the cap hit without giving him lo- any more term. So we, we, we've all ta- we've talked about the void years. They added two more of those. Basically agreed to pay Kirk Cousins $28 million next season or have a cap hit of $28 million next season, even if he's not on the roster, with the idea of bringing the cap hit down this year. Uh, a convoluted way of saying the Vikings have not committed to Kirk Cousins beyond next season. And that's significant. It's the first time since he's been with the Vikings that he hasn't had you know, job security beyond the season he's going into. It's the first time he's played as a lame duck quarterback. He's done it a couple of times in his career in the NFL, obviously playing on the franchise tag in Washington twice. Um, But listening to him talk yesterday was interesting. Um, He wasn't defiant necessarily, but in in his own way, he was. He he talked a lot about, I've, I've had to prove myself throughout my career and I'm ready to do that again. Um, he talked about earning the right to retire as a Viking. It's something he's pointed to a couple of times in the past. Um, but how, how do you think he's going to handle this year? Um, because like, as polarizing as he's become, whenever he's had to prove himself, he's, he's done a pretty good job of doing that and putting himself in a position to get paid. Mm-hmm. He's also 35 and, and, you know, getting up there and uh, just, how do you think he's going to handle this year with playing in a contract year for the first time with the Vikings? First of all, I should point out you talked to Kirk Cousins as an official full-time <laughs> beat writer for the Niner Press. We should point this out. A little little change in do- job description. I'd say you're moving from one team that loses in the first round to this <laughs> next, but that that'd be awful. I mean, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of Cousins, you know, I was thinking about this like when he's talking to his kids years after, it's like. Uh, his career's over and he's like yeah you know so this one team drafted me and they like we played in this decrepit stadium that didn't have the right grass and like that's why the guy got injured who they actually wanted to be the starter so I stepped in and they didn't really want me so they just franchise tagged me twice and then like I got a whole bunch of money from the Vikings but like the one year that I get above 500 and close that narrative 
Uh, they don't even bother to resign me, <laughs> you know what I mean, or extend me. And I understand there's negotiations here. Again, like I guess we don't really know like the full truth behind like what the actual offer or numbers were offered, right? Cousins, I think, kind of presented this, or at least his camp did, as kind of like this, you know, discount that he was willing to take, knowing that he's right. in his mid thirties. Um, my understanding is this has to be something like a three year extension, um, and it was no like small feet that the Vikings were like, you know what, we, we can't resign you. And then we're going to take like basically half your contract, turn it into a signing bonus and shove all that money. I mean, and they're paying them until like 2027. And I think it's 28 million next year, 10 million the, next, the year after that. Like yeah. that is a lot of money deferred. Um, having said that, like credit where credit's due, like he made it sound like, look, nothing's, I'm not entitled to anything. I don't know exactly how he put it, but something like I'm not entitled to anything. I got to go prove it every year it's the right approach to have because he knows if he looks listen like quarterbacks can play at 35 also like a guy in his mold can more than other guys right like as much as there's a legit complaint that um as much as we've seen some athleticism from him this yeah. is not a mobile guy right you know this is he's not you know lamar jackson he's not even kind of the the obviously patrick mahomes or whatever kind of these guys who you know use their feet to to create um separation for the receivers or whatever but like a guy who's accurate and kind of the statue guys actually should last a little bit longer, I would think. Um, and we know that he's, he's durable and that he took, especially last year, you know, think of that Washington game or whatever. He like took some big hits and was fine. Gets up, <laughs> makes the next play. But um, I have some faith that he could be good. I think he has the right mindset. I think it's really weird. Like he is, he has, he's going to have one of the weirdest careers. I know a lot of NFL careers are weird, but especially for a quarterback where teams really invest in that position. And like, once you kind of establish yourself as good, even, even sometimes not great teams will throw money at you knowing the alternative isn't great. Right. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't know what else he could say other than like, I guess he could come in with a gripe and be like, man, we won 13 games or whatever. But um it just puts the Vikings in this like precarious spot where he could really increase his value to the extent either like some team that's desperate. We know teams are desperate. will give a 36 year old Kirk Cousins a lot of money next year or, you know, like they just, you know, what, however they part, if they end up parting, like what is the next step? Because it's not, we know it's not like Will Levis or Hooker. I don't know if it ever would have been, but you know what I mean? It's not someone they got in the draft this year. Um, right. And so it is funny that like, teams do a good job of being like, everything's normal. Everything's fine. And it's kind of like there's explosions going on in the background, but this is one, I guess if you're cousins, you're like, I can put them in a tough spot next year. I can play really well. They have to defer the money anyways. Maybe they'll extend me. Maybe I'll have more leverage and Kirk cousins always been the king of leverage. Yeah, it, it, it definitely the king of leverage. I mean, that's a guy who you're going to look back on and be like, Holy shit, how much money did he make in his career? Um, and that's a credit to him. Like, yeah, he's polarizing. I've been a Kirk Cousins critic. He's turned me on him on him a little bit in, in the last year and a half. I think he's when you compare him to the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL, you can do a heck of a lot worse. The biggest, you know, inflection point with Kirk is always his contract and how much percentage of the cap he's taking up. Um, and he will take up another large percentage of the cap this year and then a large yeah. percentage of the cap moving forward throughout his career. Um, but I I thought it was interesting, I think it was Quasi said after the draft. Um, and we should note they talk, they took Jaron Hall in the fifth round. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll touch on him a little bit. Um, but yeah, they didn't take Hendon Hooker or Will Levis in the first round. So it's not like we have to worry about, or there's no use in, in talking about, well, is this guy going to take over? Cause Jaron yeah. Hall's not taking over for Kirk Cousins, um, barring injury or something 
completely unforeseen. Um, but we'll touch on Jaron Hall later in the show. You look at what Quasey said after the draft. I think Kevin Seifert from ESPN asked him, like, you know, what does this mean for Kirk Cousins? You guys didn't take a quarterback. Um, does this, are you leaving the door open for 2024? So obviously Kirk Cousins is going to have his contract this year. He'll play through 2023. And then I guess the presumption right now is that they would move on. Um, But Quasey left the door open, I think for the first time publicly saying like, look, all that happened this off season was we couldn't come to an agreement. And we said, let's talk later Mm -hmm. and let's talk later could mean we didn't get the job done this year. We weren't good enough. Uh, We're going to move on. Or it could mean, hey, look, the Vikings went 11 and six again this year. And then then they yeah. are contending for the NFC North. Maybe they won the NFC North. And are you really going to, by the way, you have Justin Jefferson, um, a superstar receiver who's going to be in his prime. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to just say, all right, we're taking a huge step back um, and we're going to yeah. we're going to hand the keys to the to a rookie quarterback? I think it's the first time Quasi's acknowledged that look, we, we haven't signed him and committed to him long-term, but if he's good this year, then maybe we have to resign him next year. And I think that's a good point, Tom. Like you, 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 Kirk Cousins is betting on himself. He's constantly bet on himself throughout his career. And um, maybe not even because he's wanted to, like he's just been forced <laughs> to kind of bet on himself. He told yeah. the story yesterday about, and he's, he's one of these guys like, Kirk is so corny, but in a way it's become endearing because he's just yeah. kind of fully leaned into it. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. It's kind of what I want Carl Anthony towns to do. I want him to lean yes. into like yes. who he is yes. and Kirk has fully leaned into who he is. So th- the same things that induced eye rolls early in his career, you're just like, no, that's just who he is. But he told a story about, Oh, my senior year at Holland Christian high yeah, school in yeah, Michigan, yeah. I didn't have a scholarship. And I, and he, he kept referencing this reporter from the Holland Sentinel and we looked it up and like, that's a real paper. Like I thought maybe that could just be a made up thing that yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of threw out there. No, he said the, the reporter from the Holland Sentinel after every game, his senior year, how are you handling that? You don't have a scholarship offer. And then Kirk said, like, I learned that if you just win football games, the rest will take care of itself. And and that, that mantra has kind of followed him. You know, he, he won football games at Holland Christian. He got a scholarship offer from, Mark D'Antonio at, at Michigan State. He wasn't the starter there right away. He won the job as a sophomore year. He continued to win football games. He got drafted in the fourth round of the, the NFL draft the same year. At, you know, the team formerly known as the Redskins picked RG3. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a backup in the NFL. He he got his chance. He won football games, and he got an unprecedented three-year, $84 million fully guaranteed contract from, from the Vikings. He signed two extensions since then. He's always kind of been forced to bet on himself, and he's always proven himself. Um, so it sounds like he's just ready to do it again. I just wonder if, if there is a point in time where, um, you know, I know the Vikings won the NFC North. I know they were 11, 11 and 0 in one score games, but by a lot of the advanced metrics, Kirk Cousins had one of his worst seasons in, in recent memory. Is there a time yeah. that that catches up to him? And maybe it's this year, maybe it's not, but I, I walked away from the press conference yesterday thinking, all right, he handled that about as good as he could have. Yeah. And he, I mean, he always seems to, even after bad games, I mean, there's a handful where he just doesn't want to speak, but there's a lot of times where he's like really descriptive about, you can tell he's a perfectionist, right? He'll remember a mm-hmm. third down play should have gone here and there or whatever. I mean, sometimes people would disagree with him. Like he'll see the check down and be like, I just didn't see that deep. And people look at the film and be like, I feel like it could fit in that window or whatever. But like, 
in general, he's been very professional about that. And it's like, again, like I guess we always describe, and I feel like it's actually weirdly with young players that we always go like, these guys are the CEOs. Can Herbert be the CEO of the Chargers? Whatever it is. But like, mm-hmm. you know, they um, they speak the most. They influence the game more than anyone else. They make more money. Typically, I've, Spencer pointed out, he's made $231 million. I mean, for a fourth rounder, again, we're talking about a tiny hall in Michigan has to fight for playing time or whatever at Michigan state. And then like essentially was drafted to be a backup that is successful at the very least he's handled business super well. Mm -hmm. Um, It is just funny that he, he is not wrong when he said, if you win, it takes care of itself because it does, but there's two, two things with that. A, the narrative until last season was you're a 500 quarterback, Kirk, right? It's, it's, you've accomplished a lot, but the record continues to be about 500. Now, I guess, you could argue in Washington, that'd be pretty good. Um, and then like, uh, you know, in, in Minnesota, there were some, you know, mitigating circumstances or whatever, but it certainly was not the expectation when you shell out $84 million. And, um, and certainly once you have Justin Jefferson in tow, and I strongly believe just to be clear, as long as you have Justin Jefferson, you have to go for it. He's a winning player. He drives winning more than probably other receivers in the league. Um, you, can't, you can't go to that guy and go, Hey, we got a guy who really can't do his job here at quarterback. He's either too young or like, he's kind of some watch journeyman who has been floating around mm-hmm. uh he's just not gonna be cool with that for any fault cousins has and i'm sure jefferson like in a private moment would go hey i wish he'd had a little more risk tolerance right and i think they've worked on that between them but like he does throw accurately right he is an experienced player there is some kind of um film study and it almost it seems academic at times the decisions that cousins makes but that's better than a lot of the other quarterbacks in the league um i just yeah i mean i think it is just funny that Cousins will lean into the record when it only really changed last year. Yeah. And you're looking at 11 and one and that one loss, that one, one score loss was really important. That's the Giants game, right? In the playoffs. <laughs> right. But, you know, it was 11 and no otherwise. And you're looking at like being down 33-0 to the Colts. Like, yes, you have to come back. But, oh, it's the Colts. Like they had a broadcaster as their, as their coach. And <laughs> Matt Ryan, who was not supposed to be, he should not have been on the field. Like that was their quarterback. You know, you look at the Buffalo game again, that's a comeback. That's the only underdog win they had but it's like that just that game's not gonna happen again like that's you know so like i think um he is right fundamentally that if he wins it will all take care of itself it's just like i think part of what quasi is saying in that quote like kind of reading between the lines is he does need to evaluate what they have the first one was kind of what was the old regime and can we fix it on the fly right the second is like if you take out all these weird one score wins and have a little bit tougher schedule and you're you know like as much as they probably made the right decisions on these guys that Thielen and Kendricks and guys that people love like you are losing veterans you are losing leadership some institutional knowledge when they're gone I think maybe Quasey's going, I got to see what I got in Cousins. Like, like, is he just going to kind of regress back to the mean or can he take a step forward in the kind of offense? And then he's probably in an honest moment being like, dude, my cornerback situation is a whole bunch of guys who are young and a lot of them are injured. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. how does that fix itself? How do we fix this def- defense? And then like, what's this team going to look like when Hawkinson get pay- gets paid and Jefferson gets paid? Yep. Because that ultimately affects how much you can pay the quarterback. Yeah, I think what the Vikings have done this offseason and what I guess Quasey has, has managed to do um, is in a lot of ways, like, strategically admirable. Like, he has given himself, like, an out, right? Like, in, in some GMs would have just said, okay, we need to get the cap number down. We're going to just extend Kirk Cousins. He's good enough to... to lead us to where we want to get to in the regular season. He proved that last year. 
Kwesi seems to understand that like last year probably was a statistical anomaly in a lot of ways. And he needs to see it again before he, he commits more term to this. I think that pragmatic approach kind of speaks to like, you know, his background and, you know, can they do this again? You know, in order for him to commit to this quarterback, he's going to need to see it again. And I think that's a good thing in a vacuum. I also think like we've talked about already at length, it's good that Kirk cousins can kind of separate the forest from the trees and understand like I won 13 games last year. I deserve a contract with the fact that like teams are going to do what they, what they need to do. And and they're going to try and set themselves up for life now and life in the future. Um, It does seem like there are relationships between team and quarterback that maybe don't work out seamlessly that, that, that turn into just a complete inferno dumpster fire. And to both sides credit, they have figured out a way to at least go into this season with a semblance of, all right, we're just going to try and win football games and whatever happens happens. And, and truthfully, if the, if the Vikings are successful, Kirk cousins will earn another contract. Likely if, if they stink and they take a step back, which I think is something that it's obviously not the goal, but I think Quasey is baking that into his evaluation and into his, his books long-term then yeah, you just move on. It's a natural breaking point, but Kirk's right. Like if they, if he continues to win football games and if they continue to win football games, he's probably going to get a contract. The Vikings are going to continue to kick the can down the road. And then maybe you draft a rookie quarterback next year. And then, and then you just kind of restart the timeline that a lot of people wanted to start this year where, Oh, you draft someone in the first round. They sit a year under Kirk cousins. They take over in 24. Maybe it's just in 24, you draft a quarterback in the first round. They sit a year under Kirk cousins and they take over in 25. The only thing that 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 bugs me is I I don't know if you can win a, a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. I think with the contract he takes up, the, the things that are just still kind of entrenched and in, in, in ingrained to who he is as a as a player, I think it, it, you limit your your potential to win a Super Bowl. I'm not going to say it's impossible, um, but if you can kind of go into every season being like it's going to take a everything breaking in our favor to win the Super Bowl. And, and this guy isn't necessarily going to elevate us in certain moments. I don't feel great about that because I think every year you go in with, with Justin Jefferson is prime. It should be like, we need to try and win the Super Bowl. And if you're kicking the can down the road, two more years saying everything needs to break, right. Everything basically did break right last year and they lost in the first round. So that's the only thing that would give me pause. Um, but I, I, I think it is commendable what both sides have, have managed to do this off season um, and, and kind of we're, we're pushing forward into this season with, with very little drama, at least from the quarterback position, there's, there's drama elsewhere on the field. And, and, and we'll talk about that here in a couple of minutes. I mean, we would not have felt different if they beaten the giants and then just got crushed by the Niners. Right. I mean, like yeah, we kind of no, knew what the, yeah, I mean, we knew what the, you know, and I think you're right. Like, could you win the super Bowl of cousins, given how much the quarterback, even with a Jefferson on the roster, how much the quarterback drives winning. I mean, Cousins has this going for him. Um, he knows the team's trying to win. Like that's the Wilfs want to win. Kwesi has been clear. Like he's not burning down. I don't think Connell wants to come in in his first year, win 13 games and then, yeah. and then start losing because people go at ah, this was a fluke, right. You know, or whatever um, organizations as a whole are competitive, but it really starts with ownership in my mind. Ownership is really the only spot where like they may not want to win, right. They want, you know, they want to save money or they want to, you know, get a high draft pick or whatever. And then that becomes a directive to the GM. 
Correct. Everyone else on down from the GM is always trying to win, even on the tanking teams. They just are incapable of doing so. Um, so he has that. Um, the negative is like Cousins is always actually fighting again, which is funny given how much money he's earned and 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 how long he's been a starter. He's actually just fighting against kind of Mendoza line, right? We're we're establishing mm-hmm. that as the quarterback you need, right, to win the Super Bowl because the Vikings at some point can go, hey, I mean, it's functionally just like kind of paying off the credit card. They if Cousins struggles this year, they can go see ya. We'll figure out what to do with this just heap of money that we got to pay off on the contract. <laughs> yeah. But you can go get a one-year, two-year veteran. Now you were talking like Andy Dalton, right, or something like that. You can go get that guy and put him in the place, and then have the cheap rookie, and essentially kind of do what we were talking about with Cousins before, right? Where it's like you draft a rookie next year, you're trading yeah. up for it. it'd be the kind of the Richardson type or whatever, and then uh, giving him a year to progress underneath, and then that guy comes in right and takes over. So it doesn't need to be cousins as the placeholder. Um, and I think yeah. that's maybe where kind of Quasi's coming from here is like, he probably understands that he's trying to gather information. I mean, I, I feel like, especially wall street types, but especially the new kind of GM, right. Who's not the super scout. Who's more focused on player talent and more like kind of this CEO, like kind of almost again, looking at it as a business. I think he's going, how can I stretch this decision as long as I can in order to have more knowns, right. Instead of having all these variables being like, I kind of know what cousins is given how he performed in this upcoming season. I know what the team is now that you've removed a couple veterans here and like, do I have to go get a whole new secondary or is seen healthy and, and hopefully Evans again, doesn't get concussed again. And like, you know, booth booth recovers from this injury because a healthy booth looks like a good player. Right. So like, um, if you have that, you start kind of building that foundation, right. in the secondary and stuff, there's just, there's so many questions. And I think, I mean, as much as people argue against it, right. There is just a crowd that was like, burn it down. Right. You come in with the new regime, burn it all down. I guess my arguing argument against that is a, like, Last season was fun. It wasn't like incredibly successful, but it was like fun to watch week to week. Like you were always like, the Vikings are going to do something ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And they won 13 games. They always Um, did. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was insane. But like, I, I also think like they, uh, um, they established there was something there. It wasn't like rotten at its core. And, and, you know, again, like, I just think, I just think it's insane at any point with Jefferson that you would, you would burn it down. I think they're just going to be, like always stuck in this quarterback purgatory because it's, if you have cousins, it's always the question around him, unless something weird changes this year. If it's like a, um, if you go with like the veteran, like the Dalton again, and like the the rookie, it's like one of these guys has to be okay. Right. Yeah. And then like, um, I just don't think you can wing it. I don't think you can, you can't have the part where you're paying Jefferson all the money, basically what he's worth. Right you can't have him run through the Randy Moss gauntlet where it's like, if you look back at all these quarterbacks he had, you're like, well, no wonder he was kind of, kind of wanted to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, and so I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think the question always will be if you have fundamental flaws beyond like beyond the quarterback, right? If the defense just can't come together and there's no way that the team can score enough, let's have the conversation of like serious restructure. If, you're wrong. I mean, here's the thing. If you're wrong about Hawkinson and you're not going to be wrong about Jefferson, but like if, if you can't put the weapons around them, you have to have that conversation. But if it's literally just like you need the quarterback, like that's pressure on your scouts, right? It's pressure on your scouts to find the right placeholder. It's pressure on the scouts to find the right guy. I think the best sign is, I think it was so, so tempting for them. I'm sure to given the variance of wide receiver in the first round, even though Addison, I think will be good, but like, 
it's probably so tempting to be like, why don't you just get Levis? You're not trading yeah. up. You're not no yeah. just grab him or just grab Hooker or whatever. Um, and I think there's some discipline there where like someone in the draft room went, he's not the guy. Either Levis is a problem off the field or he's just not that good on it. And with Hooker, I mean, I, I think it was like, guys, what are we talking about? You can't draft him here. So, um, so I think that they showed that discipline there. And I just they're gonna have to be right about someone at some point here. And unfortunately, it's literally next season. So it's either Cousins or it's either the rookie quarterback in my mind. I, I think that's a good point about Levis Hendon, or Will Levis Hendon Hooker. Is like they were staring you in the face in the first round. And I, as an impulsive armchair general manager, yeah. I'm just like, just take that guy. Who, who cares? It's his late, in the late yep. first round pick. The fact that they didn't speaks to like, yeah, they're sticking to their guns. This was not their guy. Um, it's been pretty clear widely reported that their guy was Anthony Richardson and he was gone 19 picks before they were on the clock. Mm -hmm. uh, neither of those guys were their guy. So they're just like, we're not going to force this. And, and that goes back to what Kevin O'Connell said in his pre-draft access is like, it has to be the right guy. Like, would we love a guy to sit under a veteran quarterback for a year and learn and basically take a redshirt year and, and be ready in, in year two? Yes, but it has to be the right guy. And it's pretty clear neither of those players were the right guy. Um, so I think it is that gives you some, I guess, some confidence moving forward that, that this regime is at least sticking to like their evaluation process. Now it comes down to can they, is their evaluation process net you a good player? We, we've yet, we don't know yeah. yet. Um, and we'll find that out down the road. Jaron Hall doesn't do much for me. Like I think he's a low risk pick there in, in the fifth round. Um, I think he brings a set of skills that is different than Kirk Cousins. He's a little bit more mobile. Um, he can kind of change the pocket and change the angle of, of certain throws. Um, he's 24 too. And, and it, he is as close to a lottery ticket as, as there is. Like, it's not like he's someone the Vikings are saying, okay, Jaron Hall is going to sit a year under Kirk Cousins. And then the next year he's going to be ready to take over the, the quarterback position. Um, I think he's someone you bring in uh, almost like to evaluate. Is this the type of guy we want? Is this the type of guy that can fit in our system? And if by some very, very unlikely chance he turns into a super good player, then, the, you know, then you won the lottery with him. But the fact that they went with a quarterback that they can evaluate, that they can try and, and, and build into, into something without sacrificing a ton of draft capital, I think is a good thing. But Jaron Hall as a whole, like if he's playing quarterback for the Vikings at any point in the next two years, I'm, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't, it just doesn't do a lot for me. Like it, it's always fun when a team picks quarterback, it's a quarterback in the fifth round. Like, like we need to be also realistic, uh, you know, about what this kid is going to do. Um, granted, I'm excited to see him on the field and in, in, yeah. in rookie minicamp and OTAs and, and even in the preseason. Um, but let's pump the brakes on the expectations. I think the, the, the gut reaction whenever a team takes a quarterback <laughs> is like how long before they can be the guy. And yeah. it's okay. Jaron Hall might not be the guy here. He might, but he probably won't. I, I mean, I think back to like when Spielman was asked about Khaled Mond, right? And he kind of laughed. He was like, no, Cousins doesn't have competition this year. Yeah. And that wasn't even like a knock on Mond. And, you know, think of how that year ended, of course, with, uh, with Zimmer as his job security is on the line yeah. uh, after losing in Green Bay. And he's like, I've seen Mond practice. And you're like, oh, my yeah, God, dude, you're you killed this kid like what are you doing obviously summer at that point was like scorched earth <laughs> he was burning good, it down burning it down and leaving right and like um but yeah i was like oh 
Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for perspective, obviously, I mean, I think Cousins and Prescott are on the only kind of prominent starters, right? Like in a fourth round, fifth round kind of, you know, day two, I guess. But like they, uh, you know, that's that we talked about kind of the achievement of Cousins gone through like that. It'd be similar in my mind with Hall. It's like, again, people bring up Tom Brady or Brock Purdy or whatever. I mean, there's always an exception, but you know, the only encouraging thing I see here is a lot of people I really trust online, like people who actually know film, who actually study these guys um, are saying like, hey, I really like Hall. But it, it, it is under this like kind of presumption that it's like as a quarter as a project quarterback. Right. That's yeah. that's really what they're saying there. Yeah. You're probably drafting Mullins actually is probably what right. Like the reliable backup. He could take starts if he has to. It's probably Correct. not who you choose to. I think they there's probably some understanding here is a keep that salary relatively low have someone who's kind of been in the system for a while right if especially if he's going to assist a starter give yourself mm-hmm. the upside play of like what if you have brock purdy i mean that'd be great but like um i think i think it's i think the pick itself is really smart he's obviously not really a threat to cousins and i think you know i mean str- stranger things have happened but it is it was encouraging to me that like i think you at least got somebody with this i think mond was really like the really gambling on upside play right could you work out his mechanics and stuff it didn't happen obviously he's in another organization now um you know with hall it just feels like probably that was just a right pick you know what i mean and i don't really think it it's related to cousins unless i guess unless cousins really has a good season next year and he somehow signs another extension i mean then you get into the like could you like kind of run through like a jordan love type process with hall right where you have like a long-term incumbent and then like Mm-hmm. This guy's kind of sitting through his rookie contract or whatever, but, um, but yeah, it's not, I think you can both, I feel the same way with Addison, right? I can like the pick and like the player and be like, I still see the risk or kind of the reality involved, right? Addison's yeah. a good route run. I could see him replacing Thielen, but let's be realistic about forever Jefferson or even a guy you get that's productive. There is a treadwall, right? I mean, there there's so like, it's a risky pick. And I think the with the quarterback, it's the same thing with Hall. I think it's like, it's no one's going to complain if that guy's kind of Mullins, right? Like a, a guy who like is helpful to the starter can step in or whatever. And at the same time, I just, that's not the succession plan. You know what I mean? Right. It could be at some point, but a lot, he has to prove a lot in order for that to be that. I think it was smart to go get a quarterback. I don't see it as like, uh, all right, we're fine. <laughs> Cousins can leave next year and Hall will take over. No, and then I think that's just by the nature of where he went in the draft. No one is totally feeling like that. I think a third round pick like Kalamon kind of got put in that box of like, you know, he could take over. Um, yeah. And he was clearly never the guy that was going to. Um, Jaron Hall is going to be able to just be on the roster this year, maybe even the practice squad without pressure. And if he grows into something great, if he doesn't, he was a fifth round pick. Move on. Who cares? Yeah. Um, OTAs or not OTAs, but volunteer workouts yesterday. Um, obviously we've talked about Kirk Cousins. He was there. He spoke, um, Brian O'Neill was there. He was limited. Um, got that Achilles injury yeah. you know, late last season, missed the playoff game. Um, he talked a little bit about that yesterday. He expects to be ready for training camp. Um, but it's obviously still a, a gradual ramp up period. He has a couple of months to get right. Um, Andrew Booth, Caleb Evans talked yesterday. Booth mentioned how his body's like a Ferrari and how he needs yeah. to take better care of it. Um, and yeah. that's, that goes with like, treatment and prevention and he's a guy who if he can stay on the field maybe he, they have something here but the amount of injuries he's suffered since he was a senior in high school through his career at clemson yeah. already in the nfl it gives you some pause is he ever going to be healthy caleb evans same thing three concussions 
He said two. He said he was in the protocol three times, and he doesn't think the one time he should have had to be. But hmm. if he's in the protocol, he probably had a concussion. Yeah. Um, he, but regardless, two and a half, three concussions um, as if in one year. He was open about the fact that, like, you know, if he gets another, he'll have to contemplate, like, his future. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing up all the names that talked yesterday. Yeah. The yeah. people who weren't there yesterday, though. Um, let's go there. Jefferson, not there. Not surprising. Um, the, he has 30 million reasons not to be on the field until he yeah. gets his bag. Um, frankly, I don't need to see Justin Jefferson voluntary workouts. Yeah, probably um, I know he's good. And it, maybe he's saying, look, I'll show up for the voluntary workouts when you got a contract that I can sign at the building. Um, yeah. That, that doesn't bother me. Dalvin Cook, not there yesterday. That seems pretty significant. Yeah. Um, to Darius Smith, not there yesterday. That seems pretty significant. Daniil Hunter, not there yesterday, also seems pretty significant. Let's start with Cook. What's what's going on there? What do you think um, the future holds with that? It seems to me that he is a candidate for a post-June 1st cut. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It sure seems to be trending that way. Um, the draft, a lot of the teams that needed a running back heading into the draft drafted yeah. a running back, so it kind of dries up dalvin cook's market um i think if you want dalvin cook now if you're a team you just wait you wait the yeah. vikings out they cut him, yeah. and then you sign him later um where do you land on on cook and to you is it doesn't matter that he wasn't there yesterday yeah i mean i think it matters just because of who who else wasn't there is again it's voluntary and it's you know it's may but uh i think yeah i I mean, my gut with Cook always was like, Quasi wouldn't have signed that extension. He would have made the yes. tough decision there. Again, that's moving from uh, Spielman, the super scout, who's like, we got this guy out of value, a second round or whatever, and like he turned out to be a good player. We can't let him go. To like Quasi thinking dollars and cents and where you where you put the money. But like, um, having said that, you know, I thought about this a little bit during the draft, actually, right? Like, Zay Flowers goes, and then um, you get Addison, like almost immediately Lamar Jackson loves the pick and you're like, hold on is Lamar Jackson. And then like, it feels like as soon as like that thought process, it's like, Oh, yeah. you got a new contract. Right. Um, and, uh, and I think briefly was, or no, he is the highest paid player now per year or whatever, but you know, like you think now Baltimore, like is kind of a special organization. Like maybe they pull off things other organizations can't, but the Vikings should be kind of in that camp. Right. And it's like, sometimes we're so certain of something and then all of a sudden it changes. And I guess if you're a Quasi, you probably go, look, I inherited that contract. Like, yeah, maybe you do the June 1st where I think you can move more money around or whatever. It makes more sense to cut then. Certainly understand it from the from the other team's perspective. The fact that the Vikings got a running back in the seventh round that people are sort of excited about the upside tells you that's a pretty mm -hmm. deep draft. Like, why why even spend a whole bunch of money to cook? But I think, you know, he may also go like, look, at the end of the day, this guy's on the roster and, like, we're trying to win. And yeah. you are – it take all other context out. Like you are better with Dalvin cook than you are. Right. It's whether the contract's worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he may go like, look, if I can figure this out interpersonally, it's not Delvin cook made it sound like as they were clearing out their locker rooms last year, like want to be back or whatever it's, you know, we'll get to Zedarius is a little different there. Like, it seems like cook wants to be back. It seems like there's some excitement in the building. If he's there again, you talk about leadership, like he, maybe not Kendricks, maybe not Thielen, but like, you know, the veteran guy. Um, it's just like, he's become this weird player where it used to be like, give him the ball. You give you some yards. Like he's really, I'm going to give you a home run here. I'm going to give you yeah. the Buffalo run. I'm going to give you the screenplay against Indianapolis. Like, um, I don't, it's not that he's like a misfitter. I, I just don't like the number. You know what I mean? He's, I think he's the 
third or fourth highest cap hit or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. that fourth inning. And like, that's not right. I mean, that's not, you know what I mean? Like that, but having said that, I think like, I'm sure he tried to move, like Quasi tried to move him on draft day. I'm sure everyone was like, yeah. And like, you know, they probably weren't going to yeah. give him away for nothing. And and I do, I just think there's a world in which as much as it's probably not great right now, like they maybe go like, look, we're probably better with him. We figured out all the cap mechanics anyways. And like, he's back yeah. and then you go yeah. through this again the next offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of leads us to Darius. I mean, you, you mentioned like Dalvin at locker cleanout said basically in all, in, in so many words, yeah, I want to be back. So Darius said in a, in a Twitter post or an yeah. Instagram post that he's gone, that he left, that he's yeah, not yeah, on yeah. the team anymore. And, and he, he's still under contract. So that was strange, <laughs> yeah. but it's pretty clear. Like that's going to hit a breaking point at some point. I, I I was surprised they didn't work it out earlier because that $5 million guaranteed dollar figure um, has already hit. So the Vikings have to pay him the 5 million. Um, yeah. They would save money if they cut him, but like, I think you'd, you'd take on $8 million in dead cap if it was pre pre June 1st. And I'm looking right now. Yeah. It's six, seven, 6.7 if, if it's post June 1st. So you're saving the, the money savings. There is, is negligible if you compare just pre-June 1st cut, post-June 1st cut. And he's also just, like, not making, like, his cap hit, his cap number is 14 or 15. Yeah, it's a good contract. Which is a good cap hit for for the production he's had. Uh, for him, I think it's just, like, I had 10 sacks last year. I deserve more money. Um, mm-hmm. And But if you're the Vikings, like, you could just force his hand and be like, you're under contract for, for two more years. Like, you know, what do we, what do you want us to do? At at some point, maybe you just trade him, or if you if you can find a suitor, you, you trade him. I don't know if you cut him though, because to me, it, it, there's not a lot of benefit to cutting to Darius Smith. He's still a productive player, um, and you're not saving that much money because you've already guaranteed him five mil. So that's an interesting one to me. The fact that he wasn't there again, not surprising, but at the same time, significant because it shows kind of where this thing is headed, and and it could get kind of ugly. Yeah, I mean, worth pointing out, he's made the Pro Bowl three of the last four years. The uh, twenty-one, he was injured. He played a game, yeah. so um, it, you put a good contract. As much as again, like it's a high number for the Vikings, and they have some cap issues. Like, I think the Vikings actually kind of need him. I again, I go back to like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, more significant position, more prominent player. He went. I mean, dude, when I was looking back on it, like it was like late March during those owners meetings. As Harbaugh's talking, he fires off these like crazy tweets. You know, like mm-hmm. I requested a trade. I want out of here or whatever. He's negotiating for himself. So like, you know, he there's some bad blood with the organization. I mean, he got to the point like even pre-draft. I think the team basically had told him, like the media, don't ask about Lamar Jackson. We found out because someone tried. Um, and like, think of how tense that was, right? And this is if you're the Ravens, you're like, I think we're pretty well run and we've taken care of you and like we just can't sign like this ridiculous Deshaun Watson. Like we can't, Deshaun Watson can't be the precedent. And a lot of other teams in the league, fair or unfair went, yeah, we can't do that either. We can't just guarantee $230 million or whatever it is to the next guy. Um, especially because the next contract's always bigger. Right. And like, um, so they went through all that. And I think Lamar Jackson didn't travel with the team like late in the season. And he's yeah. showing up under center, the team leader next year for a pretty prominent, successful organization. Right. And like, Zedaria Smith's a big name player. I mean, like, you know, like he's important to the Vikings, but this should be something the organization can overcome. It's different personalities and different locker rooms. And again, you're talking about a little bit of lack of leadership or whatever with the, at least the veterans with, with, with those guys going, but like, 
this is something I think they may just have to work through. I you're right. Like there may be a trade in the works at some point down the line or whatever, but like um, it is weird. Like when that happened, I was like, well, there's no way he's coming back now. Like he clearly was like, guys, I need more money or I'm out and made that very obvious with the post. Uh, having mm-hmm. said that, like when you talk to most of these guys, I think there are things that bug them that they don't let on, but a lot of them go, it's a business, right? You know, you go right. like, if any, if anything, and this is actually probably fair, we discount it when a player goes, you get a hint where a player's like, why did that guy get paid? Right. You know, usually it's take care of your money. Right. You, you talk to any of the guys in the locker room, they probably go cousins pretty savvy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I should maybe hire his agent. He's made a lot of money. Um, you know, and I think, I think with, uh, Zadaria Smith, I think a lot of people will go like, yeah, we get why he's, he's doing this. It's a business. Um, at the end of the day, if he lines up and he's healthy, he's productive. So as much as I was like, again, certain when I saw that post and even kind of coming out of it that I was like, they're going to move. And I thought Zadarius Smith might be actually easier to move if, if like, again, Quasi wanted draft capital or someone down the line kind of got desperate or whatever. Like, um, I part of me goes like, I think he's back because it's different. It's different. Than the, Cook. the Cook situation is great player. You're overpaying him. This is great player. It's actually a pretty reasonable team friendly contract. Yeah, it's just a little weird. Like, there's gonna be bad blood with him and someone. Maybe not at the players, but you know what I mean. Like, he might see someone in the hallway and, and you know not be thrilled to see him or whatever. I don't know. Um, but teams work through that. I feel like. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest point is that like D- Dalvin Cook is playing at a cap number that is for a running back too mm-hmm. big. Zadarius Smith will be playing at a cap number for a edge rusher who gave you nine and a half, I think, ten sacks last year. Yeah, fine, fair. Which leads us to Daniel Hunter. Yeah. Like Daniel had. 11 and a half sacks last year. I did not realize he was that productive because yeah. early in the season. It was like, is this guy ever going to get right? But he, he, he finished strong and he still probably views himself as a top 10 pass rusher in the league. I don't know if he is, but I'm sure that's what he views himself as. And with Brian Flores, like you want to give that guy as many toys as, as, as you can, as he tries to rebuild and revitalize his defense. I think you got to try and bring Zadarius Smith back, or I mean, uh, Daniel Hunter back. Um, he's still young. He's still got some time to go. Um, and if he can stay healthy, like he's proven to be an elite pass rusher. I just don't know what that number looks like, but if you're Daniel Hunter and you're Daniel Hunter's camp, at some point you have to say like, we can't keep kicking the can down the road. I'm not betting on myself anymore. Um, he's been through neck injuries and obviously we, you know, I think it was a pec injury. Um, I think he's going to get paid. It's are the Vikings going to pay him? Um, yeah, I would be inclined to say yes, but I don't know what that number looks like quite yet. Um, but I can promise you Daniel Hunter will not play next season at his 4.9 base salary. Like he's not going to do that. So we're going to have to open up the checkbook for probably him as well, along with, as we've talked about at length, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. Maybe those are the three guys you have to give some money to, Maybe that's why you 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 cut Dalvin Cook and you, and, and you try and trade Zadarius Smith so you can free up some more money. Um, but I think the Vikings need to do everything in their power to bring Daniel Hunter back in, in year one of Brian Flores. Um, yeah. And I think it would benefit Daniel Hunter to kind of stay with this team that, that, that's kind of helped mold him into the player that he is. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing about him is, you know, obviously think about eccentric receivers, but you see some of that defensive ends, right? They, yeah, they have a prominent stat, right? Sacks that alter the play and the dance, whatever. But like, he is pretty much all business. Like, he's a guy you want 
I think as part of his organization, the flip side of that is he knows what his worth is, right? And he probably understands leverage and all these different kind of mechanisms in order to get what he wants. Um, I this is this is the bummer with like I know most teams are against the cap, but given like you have this weird cap situation where there's just a few bad contracts on there, like troublesome yeah. contracts, and like again, it's not really yours either, like your contracts or whatever. Like they, you just have this minimal margin for error. I don't think I, again, there's no one in the building who goes like this guy isn't good. Like he just, it's crazy again to think like third rounder what his production was at LSU and like kind of how he took off, and then just yeah. like it feels unfair that like almost immediately when he was like peaking right and literally like in terms of entering you know the prime stage of his career you're like he had this weird disc injury that was supposedly a tweak at one point right and like i think you know i understand the risk and i think quasi's just kind of looking through like how much risk can i take on any given player because i have these certainties of hawkinson's costing me this much and cost me this much draft capital and jefferson's going to cost me this much and i have this much money on the books for cousins right so like um in my mind, I'm with you. I don't know how you let him out. I mean, I, I think it's to the extent you have to like cut into bone with something else, and this might be Cook, or this might be something else down the road. Because, mm-hmm. to, I mean, this guy, you like, again, you got to pay him. But also, like, look at the similarities. Except you're talking about a 28 year old player turning 29, even more in his prime than Zedaria Smith, yeah. right? But like, yes. literally, Pro Bowler, Pro Bowler, injured Pro Bowler, both actually got Comeback Player of the Year um, last year. So like. It's, it's kind of funny the parallels with these two guys and i just yeah to me like hunter's one of those like foundational players he's not gonna like sell jerseys or whatever and especially with his personality like you know you're not gonna see as many obviously as like justin jefferson and the but like he to me is a foundational player he should be paid as much he should be treated that way you have to take that kind of risk with him and I, it's with this understanding that like you make a tough decision somewhere else. I just, I don't with him. I just, I like how he goes about things. I think he's an incredible player. I also, if I'm going to believe in anyone coming back from an injury, it's a guy in that kind of shape. Like he is, yes. I know every athlete is, he's like peak, peak physical shape. Mm-hmm. So um, given what he's done in his career, given how he goes about his business, to me, Daniil Hunter has to be part of the equation. For sure. Tom, let's wrap there. Um, it's about 45 minutes in and we, we've kind of hit on everything under the sun, but it is nice that we've, reached kind of the point i was actually looking at the weather today for minnesota i know it's like a bunch of high 70s um yes. we made it and i think we made it out of the nfl offseason as well because we have rookie mini camp to talk about now coming up here you know otas then what we'll, it'll be training camp before we know it um the filling the dead air of of the nfl offseason is yeah. tough and i think we made it out on the other side um but let, let's let's wrap there today there's gonna be a ton more to talk about in in, in you know, the coming days, coming weeks. Um, I'm sure the, the Vikings have been pretty good about making guys available over the course of this off season, um, almost on a, like a weekly basis. So maybe we'll, we'll have something more from players next week. Um, you know, there's always the, the, the idea of, of Dalvin cookers, Darius Smith, like that, that other shoe could drop at any point. And if, if that does, um, we'll hop on it and, and, and talk about it. Um, but appreciate everyone for stopping by today. Um, we'll be back here. If not, later this week early next um we got the schedule to, that comes out next week too so we'll break that down um appreciate everyone as always please follow like subscribe so you're getting all these to your phone as soon as they drop uh, for tom schreier i'm dane Mizutani. thanks for stopping by this is inside purple and gold Twenty four hundred sports is an odyssey company 